welcome to session three of Revival. Let's stand together and worship. we 
the person next to you and say hello. It's amazing because Jesus has made a way for every single one of us to come before God completely as we are, to be able to give God our hearts, to be able to give God our lives. And that whole idea, the fact that we can approach the throne of God anytime we want is absolutely amazing to think about. And so this morning, as we continue to worship, as we continue to seek God first in this new year, Let's just go to the throne of God and let's just ask him to speak whatever he wants to us. Let's give him our lives. Let's give him all of us so that he can speak into it and he can breathe life into every single part of us.
Father, that is exactly what we do this morning, Father. We come before you and we say, holy, holy, holy are you. And I pray, Lord, that this will be moments in which we understand that your presence is here for us, that you want to speak to us through your word, through music, through maybe the person next to us. But Father, your presence is here to change us to love us, to speak to us. But God, even with all of that, even with all that you do for us, God, we just wanna put that aside and say, God, we thank you for who you are, just simply who you are, and we say, holy, holy, holy. So God, would you do something new in us today? For those of us that have even been here last night and this morning, God, this is a new time, a new place. We've never been gathered exactly like this, and so, God, we know that you can speak to us once again. So, Father, we want to give you all the praise, give you all the glory for everything that happens here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, good morning. Good burr morning, everyone. Cold out there. Don't you love it? Yeah, all you got to do is dress warm, right? <laughs> Don't fight the elements. Go with it. Go with it. I broke my record this week. Top down. 18 degrees. 18 degrees. Anyone want to take a ride with me? I'd love to take you a ride in my sleigh. It's a sleigh ride. That's what that is. Well, we're going to take our tithes and offering in just a few moments. See, you just got to reframe it. It's not a car. It's my sleigh, right? Everybody loves to take sleigh rides in the winter. Okay, enough of that. Tithes and offering are coming up. We're so thankful for your faithfulness with that. We hope that you have discovered the joy of giving and putting God first in your life because when we do, he gives us a solid promise and he says that he'll take care of every need that we have. Not our wants, but our needs. And he has done that for me. I'm a witness to that. And uh, I think a lot of people here have discovered that as well. So put him first. And we do that through our tithes and our offerings. It's just a way that we worship God, just like everything else that we do around here. There's a connection card in your program. If you're a guest with us today, we're so thankful that you're here. Give us a couple of chances. You know, it takes a little while to get what Salem Fields is all about. We're just kind of, we say, tear off church face. You don't come here with church face on. You just be you and you'll be loved and accepted exactly the way that you are. So if you're a guest, we're so thankful that you're here. Uh, for the rest of us, if there's some kind of communication that uh, you need to make with us, updating your information, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, do that. Also, it's a good time to check into Facebook. Just get Facebook out, check in, and that tells your friends that you come to an incredible place on Sunday mornings and that first week is happening here and it's a great time to come and grow spiritually. We all want to grow spiritually, so do that. Also, your giving statement, end of your giving statement can be downloaded and printed out for you. Guess what? It's tax time again, right? Some of you are, yeah, you're going to get all that money back. And you can't wait to do your taxes. So you'll need this, your giving statement, and you can see right there how you do that. Well, we had our Thanksgiving offering. You guys have been so faithful in that. Does anyone remember what our goal was? 
55,000. And what have we received? 78,000. That's pledged. We still have 10,000. How about that? I'm telling you, our, our vision was way too low. And you guys have been generous and you need to know you can still give to that. But uh, every penny of that will go to needs uh, in this body, in this uh, community, in this state, in this country, and around the world. Our dollars will go uh, to help others in need. So thank you so much for that. Also, uh, there is an incredible ministry that happens up here with the musicians and the vocalists. And it's called the worship team, worship ministry. And it's not just something that you do, it's something uh, that you give back to the Lord because he has given so much to you. And uh, so we're looking for musicians, people that have talents and spiritual gifts, and uh, we really would love for you to sign up. And if you're sitting out there and you're thinking, I, I'm just not good enough, like people generally say out there, here's Tone, and he's going to tell you about that. Tone is back in the drum cage a lot of the times. You realize that, right? Yes. But he, <laughs> he does many, many other things around here as well. He's a youth pastor with the youth. But tell us about what it was like for you when you first began. So uh, in 2007, um, Jason Mueller, I don't know if you guys remember him, but uh, that's <laughs> her husband. <laughs> he preached here for a long time. Now he's down south. But uh, he approached me and asked me to be a part of the youth worship team back in 2007. And at that time, I had a strong desire to play guitar, not drums. Drums, you're back in the background, nothing much is going on. I wanted to be at the front doing what the cool people did, right? But he said, no, crush my dreams. Go ahead and do that. Um, so I accepted. And then unbeknownst to me, my granddad has been playing, had been playing here for like the past three or yeah, three years prior to that happening. And he used to play in like Nashville and all this other stuff. And then he started playing here. Now, keep in mind, I had been going to church with him. I didn't know he was playing drums. <laughs> that was weird. So, uh, yeah, I wanted you to laugh. It was a joke, but you didn't laugh. It's okay. <laughs> Um, so I took the task. Well, I'm not going to call it a job. I took the task. It was a task at first. I got okay. I couldn't carry a beat at first, but I got okay. And then slowly but surely, I began to transition into the auditorium, and I started playing on these drums. Well, the first practice I walked into, I heard one of the guitars say, oh, my gosh, he's a, it's not really whispering, oh, my gosh, he's a kid. It's going to be bad. So from that point on, I had a point to prove. I had to be better than anybody he's ever heard. Not that guy. He's great. His name's Tyler. Give him a hand. He's awesome. He just started playing with us. Um, I had to prove everybody wrong. And so years went on. I got really good, or at least I thought I did. And Buddy, Pastor Buddy asked me back in small group. We had small group on Saturdays uh, in the prayer room. He asked me, he said, are you doing what you do for the Lord or are you doing it for yourself, for your own self-righteousness? And from that point on, I had to say to myself, am I really doing this for the Lord or am I doing it for myself? After that, I had, had to have this mental shift. Everything, everything that I'm doing, if it's just playing drums, if it's speaking back there in the youth, if it's playing guitar, if I was playing trumpet, am I doing that for the Lord? And at that point, I encourage every one of you 
that play an instrument but are intimidated by somebody up here, don't be because it's hindering you from getting to your destination. So I encourage you, if you have the talent, although it's not just talent, if you have the will and if you want to glorify God, I encourage each and every one of you to go out there to that table and sign up for it. I encourage each and every one of you to do that. Thank you. That's awesome, isn't it? It has been a joy to watch Tone grow up from a young man to who he is today, and it's really beautiful to see what God's doing in him. There is a table out there after the service. Uh, just make your way out there. Don't let intimidation get in the way, and sign up, and we'll be thankful for that. At that same table is an opportunity to sign up for another ministry, which is Winter Retreat. Now, Winter Retreat is young people... Uh, teenagers that will be here. This building is going to be flooded from uh, January 19th through the 21st, and it's the district, I got it right, <laughs> uh, it's the district of Virginia Nazarene District students, and it's going to, there's going to be hundreds of students. Now, we won't have any Saturday, we won't have a Saturday night service, and nine o'clock service the next day will be pretty packed There'll be a lot of energy here, a lot of students. You can still come to that. Uh, it's going to be a great service to be at, but I would, I guess, encourage you to come to the 11 o'clock because it won't be quite as crowded. But, hey, feel free to come whenever you choose. Any time that you come is going to be a good thing. So uh, we really could, uh, I know that they're looking for people that would love to make a difference in the life of a student. Uh, you don't even have to work directly with the students. There are going to be all kinds of opportunities for you to be a part of Winter Retreat that weekend. And if you would be willing to do that and understand that you may be making an eternal difference in the life of a student, even if you're changing the paper towels. I'm telling you, it's a really big deal. Uh, if you would go out to the table and sign up, that would be an incredible thing. And I think you will not be sorry after uh, that weekend is over in what that was all about. Membership classes coming up, and what this means is that it's an opportunity for you to find out, if you've never been to a membership class, to find out about anything you want to know about Salem Fields Community Church, this body of Christ. Uh, it's an incredible place to be, and it's an incredible body to be connected to. And uh, Rich teaches this class, and it's just an opportunity for you to, to learn more about what this is. You have uh, um, an opportunity to, to join in on that if you want, and he'll talk to you about what all that is about. So that will happen next week. Be part of that. Next week, we start a new series called Fixer Upper. And uh, how many people watch Chip and Joanna Gaines? Uh, yeah, well, a lot of people watch that show. I do too. I always watch it while I'm getting ready so I can fast forward th through some of those parts that are just a little boring. And that's what we're going to do in this series. It's not going to be boring at all. We'll let you fast forward through the parts. That <laughs> I'm just kidding. But this is a, this is a series where I'm, we're hoping you'll invite your friends. You know, Chip and Joanna take an old, dilapidated house, and they have a vision for what it can be. And that's exactly how God is with our lives, you and I. He has a vision of how he would love for us to be. And if we're willing to look at him and say, God, where do you want to fix her upper in me? Uh, we're going to take a look at some of those areas of our life that he wants to transform us into looking more 
like he is. Well, we have a staff person that has been on staff for a long, long, long time, and we want to recognize her. And Buddy and I would not have even known this if she wouldn't have all day Saturday said, I've been here 15 years. I've been here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come here, Jody. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for Jody? Oh, that's right. I left you with it last time, didn't I? I realized each, I don't know, it's a little awkward. But anyway, I love Jody as my daughter, but I also love her as uh, one of my staff people. Uh, now, that's a challenge, isn't it, to have your daughter as one of your staff people? But we have managed to do this for a long time, and we're not dead yet. It's like between Buddy and Jody and I, you know, sometimes I say, God did this in spite of us. I mean, he used us, and that's amazing, but he's God, and I'm not, and I'll never be able to understand. But, Jody, we're so thankful to you for your service and all of the days that I know have been tough. There have been a lot of tough days, and even now you're in kind of a transition, and as we all are, but at the same time, we're so grateful for you, and I know that you all are too, right? So here's a little gift. I get to keep it this time. I had to give it back every time, so wasn't sure how that was going to go. Um, but I just want to thank everybody. The church took a chance on me when I was just 12 years old, 15 years ago, um, to start working here. So it's really awesome, and I'm just really thankful for that. And, you know, it might be really hard to be your daughter's boss, but it's way harder to be your boss's daughter. Okay? Right, Dr. Chand? He knows, because his daughter works for him as well, so we can relate on that. Her and I, not him and I. But anyway, um, thank you guys, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> God of creation, there at the start, before the Science of 
like you would again a hundred billion times. But what measure could amount to your desire? You're the You know, that's a beautiful song, and, you know, it might be good for us just to say together, so will I. Are you willing to do that? Let's just say it together, so will I. That's a lot to say, isn't it? Well, we are do welcome you to first week, and it will continue tomorrow evening here at 615. We'll have dinner, and uh, the service will be at 7. There will be child care, and uh, so come on out and uh, continue through uh, Wednesday night, same time, tomorrow night. Uh, Pastor John Wag uh, Wagler will be speaking. He's from Hill City Church in Richmond. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, Wednesday John Mendendorf from Oklahoma City will be speaking in our services. He's, uh, doing, he's here today. He's doing a youth revival this weekend with our students. And uh, we're excited to have him here, and you'll be excited to hear him again. He's been here many times in the past. So uh, mark it on your calendar. Don't miss because God's got something for us. It's putting God first at the beginning of this new year. Uh, also, just wanted to call your attention quickly to an all-church meeting that will be happening on the 17th of January at 7 o'clock here at the church. We'd love for everyone that calls Salem Fields Community Church, their church, to come out and be a part of that evening as we share some news about the future and uh, those things that God has in store for us and for, uh, for uh, all of us. And so we'd love for you to be a part of that. So mark that calendar and come on out and uh, be, uh, you'll be glad you did. It's a real pleasure today, uh, this weekend, to have with us Dr. Sam Chan. Uh, Sam has uh, been with us this weekend, and this will be his last service, but we certainly appreciate his ministry to us. Sam is a, uh, an accomplished uh, author. He is a, a life coach. He is a uh, consultant, a leadership uh, help, uh, you know, kind of is good with leadership and helps other people become better leaders. Uh, he's a husband and a father and a grandfather, and he's a good friend of Gay and I's and Salem Fields Community Church. So will you make him feel welcome here today? Thank you. It's good to be back at Salem Fields Community Church, beautiful town of Fredericksburg, Virginia, where... Uh, you give everybody a chilly reception. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It has been uh, it has been a cold one, hasn't it? But we'll get over it. I was telling them last night that I don't think hell will be hot. I think hell will be freezing. Uh, it's uh, it's just something else. But uh, I like what Buddy said last night. He said, "I said how how cold is it?" He said, "Does it matter how many degrees? It's cold." <laughs> So you move along, you move along from there. Uh, just want you all to know, Buddy and Gay, what great people you are. You're great pastors, but more than that, you're just good human beings. And all of us are blessed because of you. When you came here in 1995, you came with a vision, and who would have thunk that we'd have one, two, three, four, five, 18 screens? Uh, <laughs> And you've been faithful, you've been tenacious, you've given your all, and then some, and we 
on behalf of the kingdom of God, just want to say thank you to you for who you are. For who you are and what you do. Now, some of you are listening to me right now and saying, I've heard him somewhere, I've heard him somewhere. Sounds familiar. So let me tell you who I am. When your computer goes down, And you call for tech support. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, and just, just as an aside that might help you in the future, talking louder is not the issue. <laughs> so what's going on is I know you can't understand me, but I can understand you. It's a miracle that I get your computer fixed. So next time you will just, just whoever answers phone, just call them Sam. And that's a long story. Don't worry. Sam, help me with this. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. It's been a joy to serve Salem Fields last night and in the 9 o'clock service and now uh, in the 11 o'clock. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians is written by Paul. Ephesians written from a Roman prison. He is in Rome in a prison. It is many of the Apostle Paul's uh, letters are known as uh, prison epistles. That means he wrote them from prison. This was his first of many prison epistles. And he says to us in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 20. He said, for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Ambassador in bonds. Everyone say ambassador in bonds. Ambassador mm -hmm. in bonds. Because, because you look at those two words, ambassador in bonds. In bonds simply means he's in prison. It, they, those two words look dichotomous, don't they? they it, it's like how can you be an ambassador and be locked up? How can you be an honored position, but in a dishonoring place. Because as an ambassador and as a prisoner, those are two totally diametrically opposed polar opposites. Uh, as an ambassador, it's a position of high regard. As a prisoner, you have no regard. Uh, as an ambassador, you have immunity. <laughs> You're locked up because you don't have immunity. As an ambassador, you are invited into high placed as a prisoner. You have no freedom to go anywhere. There are no invitations coming your way. But Paul is in a Roman dungeon right now as he's writing Ephesians 6 and he's saying, I'm an ambassador in bonds. And the lesson he's teaching us is that where I am, is not who I am. Because who I am is greater than where I am. Where I am, I'm in prison. But who I am, I'm an ambassador. Where I am is not who I am. Because who I am is greater than where I am. Everyone together. One, two, three. Where I am is not who I am. because it's greater than 
Okay, get your hands out. Just get, you know, just God get some warmth going right. Blood flowing here, right? Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. One, I saw some of you were donuts out there. Work it out. <laughs> work it out, work it out. Here we go. One, two, three. Where I am is not who I am. Sorry. Because who I am is greater than, one more time. Where I am is not because it's greater than. Because if you don't understand that where I am is not who I am, you're going to allow your where to define your who. And never let your where define your who. Because our where's can change, but our who can remain the same. I can go through a valley experience, but who I am, that does not change because that's my core. That's who I am. And sometimes we allow our life circumstances to define us. Listen, if you've been through a bankruptcy, that does not define you in your future. If you've been through a divorce, that does not define you into your future. If you've been through some difficult place in your life, that does not define you in your future. Because sometimes we allow what we are going through to define us on a permanent basis. Because who I am is never defined by where I am. Uh, let's ask some of the biblical characters about where they are and what their proposition was in the middle of it all. You, you ask Joseph, Joseph, where are you? I'm in prison. But who are you? I'm number two in the Egyptian empire. Daniel, Daniel, where are you? I'm in a lion's den. Who are you? I'm the prime minister of the Babylonian empire. Nehemiah, where are you? I'm in exile. But who are you? I'm the builder of the walls of Jerusalem. Paul, where are you? I am in prison. But who are you? I'm an apostle. Oh, let's fast forward to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, where are you? I'm hanging on the cross. But who are you? I'm the son of the living God. Amen. You never allow your where to define your who. I came to America from India in 1973 uh, as a student in Atlanta. And I had, uh, I had American sponsors, Bob and Vivian Steinbach from Pasadena, who had sponsored me. And uh, then uh, the recession of 1974 hit. And uh, things got really, really, really bad. And Bob, who was my uh, sponsor, he lost his job in Pasadena. So now I didn't have a sponsor. So I'm in America. I'm sponsored, but there's no sponsor now. Because of the recession, I could not get a work permit. I went down to uh, Immigration Naturalization Service, now known as Homeland Security, and asked them for a work permit, because that's how you work legally in the country. And they said no. Because Americans were our jobs, and they weren't going to give a foreigner an American's job. So, but I needed to eat. Uh, about uh, a quarter of a mile or so from the college, there was a mom and pop grocery store about the size of this room. It was called Simpsons, Simpsons on Moreland Avenue, Simpsons. And I went in there and asked the manager, 
do you ever throw food away? He said, yeah, everything we have has an expiration date on it. I asked him, had he heard of hungry children in India? He said he had. I said, well, the Indian is here. So I worked out a deal with him, worked out a deal with him. He could not give me food for legal reasons. You know, that liability attached to that. So I worked out a deal with him. How, how many of you remember Tombstone Pizzas? Mm-hmm. What a great marketing name, Tombstone. <laughs> that was truth in advertising, by the way. Eat and die. So we're walking past, uh, in those days they had those old chest, cool, chest coolers. Remember, they didn't have those fancy doors and the chest coolers, everything's out there. So I said, do you throw those away? He said, yep. And the back of that stretched cellophane is an expiration date. So every so often I'd go to the store and uh, the manager would help me pack grocery bags of stuff that they were going to throw away. But he could not give it to me. So we walk out of the back door walk into the back parking lot, and the back parking lot was a six-foot dumpster, a big commercial dumpster. I said to him, throw it in carefully. <laughs> he would throw it in carefully. Then I had to wait for him to go back inside the store. I jump into the dumpster. For, can I tell you something? The scenery from the inside is much different <laughs> from the outside. Number two, if you want to go dumpster diving, let a professional give you some advice here. <laughs> Getting in is easy. <laughs> it's very slippery in there, and there are God's creations that are wanting to get introduced to you in there. It's this different world inside there. <laughs> so I jump in there, throw it back onto the asphalt, jump back out, get my lunch, and that is how it was in 1973 and 1974. That's where I was. But what I did not know then, that I know this morning, that on January the 7th, 2018, I'd be in Fredericksburg, Virginia, at Salem Fields Community Church, proclaiming that Jesus is still in charge of our life. Because where I am is not who I am. Because who I am is greater than where I am. Paul ends Ephesians like that. But I want to take your attention to how he begins the book. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. That God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know him. I just want to bring to your attention the chronology of this book. At the end of the book, in chapter 6, he says, oh, by the way, you may want to know. I'm locked up. Chapter 1 begins with probably the most ornate prayer recorded in the scriptures. And the prayer is not for himself. The prayer is for people who are in the free world, for people out there. Now, if it had been me 
and I was locked up, I would say this. Hi. I am locked up. <laughs> and the next sentence would be, please pray for me. I would have started the letter like that. Paul ends the letter with a BTW. <laughs> By the way, I'm locked up. See, people who know who they are have enough bandwidth to pray for others while they're going through stuff themselves. Because sometimes when we're going through stuff, all we want to think about is me, mine, and I. Paul is teaching us not only where I am is not who I am, he's also exemplifying for us that while I am locked up, I'm not whining, I'm not complaining because that's not who I am. In fact, I'm going to pray for you that you may have great knowledge of him. So I want to just talk to you about three things that we think that we need to know. Number one, the power of the local church. The power of the what? Local church. Everyone say local. local. Power of the local church. First of all, I want to establish for you, the church is not dead. The church is not dying. The best days for the church are not in the rear view of life. Regardless of what people are saying and the blogs are putting out there and the, and the articles out there, the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well and thriving and triumphant. The church of Jesus Christ is victorious. The church of Jesus Christ is not your church, not my church. It is the church of Jesus Christ. And he said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So don't be down on the church. Hey, you know, everyone's looking for the perfect church. Can I, can I give you some advice there? When you find a perfect church, don't go there. Because as soon as you get there, it won't be perfect no more. You know, so someone said this way, the church is like Noah's ark. It might be stinking, but the best thing afloat. So on Noah's ark, there is brother elephant, who makes big deposits. <laughs> there is Sister Giraffe, who makes bigger deposits. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff around you. And you go to Pastor Noah. Pastor Noah, Pastor Noah, then there's so much stuff. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. And Pastor Noah says, I know. But look outside the window. You want to swim? See, everybody wants to be down on the church. I'm here to tell you, this church is made of people just like you and I. Years ago, Gay will know this, years ago there was a book called, I'm okay, you're okay. Can I tell you something? I'm not okay, and you totally messed up. We just totally messed up. But I'm talking about the power of the local church. Now, I get to travel different parts of the world, and I'm all supportive of media ministries. I'm supportive of 
many, many, many of my friends have big TV ministries. I'm all cool with that. That's all great and wonderful. But I need to remind us at Salem Fields of the importance, and all, all of you online as well, of a simple thing. When you're in the hospital, ain't nobody from TV land coming to see you. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. When your marriage is going through, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Nobody from out there is going to help you work it through. When you need somebody to help you pay your rent and bring you groceries, nobody out there even knows you're alive. And that is why never go negative on the local church. Somebody needs to make up your mind, this is my house, this is my place, it might be stinking, there may be things I don't agree with, there are things I don't like, but it is still my church. And when you come to that place in your life and you understand the power of the local church, you appreciate what you have. Can I tell you something? Salem Fields is a great church. It's a great church for all kinds of different reasons. But the greatest reason is, apart from Jesus, you. Because you bring that flavor of whatever has happened in your life and help us understand that God is at work. Because where I am is not who I am. Because who I am is greater than where I am. The second thing we need to understand, the first is the power of the local church. The second is the power of a believer's presence. The power of a believer's presence. Wherever you go, you bring your presence with you. Uh, everyone got a presence about them. Everybody, doesn't matter, you know, people, the bad attitude they walk in, they bring a presence with them, don't they? The life of the party walks in, they bring a presence with them. Everybody brings a presence with them. But as a believer, you bring a presence that is, can be life-changing. Give, give, give you an example. Think about a pot of boiling water, pot of boiling water. And you take an egg, an egg, a soft egg. You put a soft egg into boiling water and you leave it in there long enough. That soft egg will become what? Hard. Because the boiling water will change the egg from soft to hard. Same part of boiling water, you take a carrot, you take a carrot. And you put the carrot in that boiling water. That carrot went in there hard. But you leave it in there long enough, it's going to become what? Soft. Because the boiling water changed the carrot. The boiling water changed the egg. The boiling water changed the carrot. But if I am a what? Tea bag. I look at the same pot of boiling water and say, Mr. Boiling Water, you're big, bad, and boiling. <laughs> when the egg went in there, you changed the egg. When the carrot went in there, you change the carrot. Oh, but when I come in there, I will change you. I will start by changing your name. <laughs> Nobody will call you water anymore. They will call you tea. I will change your color. 
from being totally colorless to having some color. I will change your DNA. I'll change your chemistry. You can take me to the best chemistry lab in the world, but you'll never be able to get me out of you. <laughs> because you change the egg, you change the carrot, I will change you. Oh, when I grow up, I just want to be a teabag. Oh, yeah, you look at me and you say, you look flimsy and weak. Just a little tissue with some leaves in it with a string attached. Oh, I want to remind you, don't go by what I look like. Because the Bible tells me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't ever downgrade yourself. You got to know that this tea bag can change everything about the pot of boiling water. And that is the beauty of the presence and the power of a believer. Wherever you go, people should say, you have changed my life. The third thing is power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you the very, very foundational, fundamental thing that believers are good, ought to know. There's only one name, and his name is what? Jesus. In the name of Jesus, people are still saved. In the name of Jesus, people are still delivered. In the name of Jesus, people are still set free. In the name of Jesus, people are still healed. In the name of Jesus, lives are totally transformed. In the name of Jesus, marriages are put back together. In the name of Jesus, children and parents are saved. In the name of Jesus, communities can be transformed. In the name of Jesus, addicts can be set free. In the name of Jesus, as life as we know it can totally be transformed. All because the name of Jesus. Can I hear somebody say Jesus? Jesus. One more time. One more time. Oh, that's a name in the atmosphere makes all the difference in the world. I was four years of age. My father was a pastor of a church. And I was four years of age. I ate some infected food and got very, very sick. I could not retain anything on my stomach. My left side was paralyzed. My left eye had gone squint. Finally, my parents decided to take me to the doctor. You know, in those days, in India, in a pastor's home, the tragedy of being born in a pastor's home is they don't take you to a doctor till you're almost dead. They took me to the doctor. Doctor diagnosed me as having diphtheria. 1950, this is 1956. India, diphtheria, there was nothing to be done. So they said to my folks, take him home, play with him, he's going to die. So they brought me home and laid me in my bed. People would come and commiserate with my parents, pray with me, so on, so forth, so forth. But I was just dying. I could not retain anything, could not walk. For three months I had not walked. For three months I had not stood up. Stood up. Then one day my dad picked me up from my bed and brought me into the living room. I, I can still see that. How many of you got childhood memories that you just can see? Like it just happened yesterday. 
So he brought me and put me in my in the living room rug. You know the the rug that you have that is reversible. When company comes, you don't have time to <laughs> vacuum. You just bam. So <laughs> he laid me on, on the on the carpet, and then he went in and sat in his chair. My dad was a praying man. Uh, sat in his chair. You know, every dad's got a chair. The one with the big greasy spot in the back, that's, that's the one. <laughs> Ladies don't mess with our chair. We can smell it before we see it. So it's, it's our chair. Just leave our, leave our territory alone. Yeah, just put some duct tape around it saying, stay out. Some yellow tape. I heard you. <laughs> so my dad sat in his chair. He laid me on the carpet. So I'm laying like this with my head over at that end. He's sitting over here, and he says to me, Samuel, I'm going to pray for you. Now, my dad had prayed for me a thousand times. You know that. Okay? So my dad could pray the longest prayers. I mean, you start at breakfast, have dinner kind of thing. <laughs> he prayed. I don't remember what he prayed. But I had faith that had built up within me by the age of four. Because by the age of four, I had seen blinded eyes open. I had seen... Deaf people start hearing, mute people start talking. I'd seen amazing miracles take place by the time I was four. But somehow, that day, my faith was stirred up. How many of you know, you can pray for something again and again and again, but then you wake up one morning and say, today's my day. That day. I want to say to somebody here today, that regardless of what you've been praying for, today is your day. After my dad prayed for me, I looked at my dad. I called him Papa. I said, Papa, can I stand up now? Remember, I have not stood up in three months. Can I stand up now? He kept sitting in his chair, and he looks at me, and he said, if you want to. So I stood up. I looked at him and said, Papa, can I walk now? He said, if you want to. And I walked out of there into the kitchen where my mama was cooking and she almost had a cardiac arrest. <laughs> because this boy who was laying there dying a minute ago because of the name of Jesus is now walking and talking. I'm not telling you somebody else's story. I'm a poster child of the power in the name of Jesus. So in the next three, four minutes, I just want to reach to you. Who is Jesus? No means of measure can define his limitless love. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He forgives and he forgets. He creates and he cleanses. He restores and he rebuilds. He heals and he helps. He reconciles and he redeems. He comforts and he carries. He lifts and he loves. He's the God of the second chance, the fat chance, the slim chance, and when there is no chance. Who is this Jesus? He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. He's a key of knowledge. He's a wellspring of joy. He's a foundation of faith. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a gateway to glory. He's a highway to happiness. Who is this Jesus? He saves the hopeless. He shields the helpless. He sustains the homeless. 
He gives purpose to the aimless. He gives reason to our meaninglessness. He gives fulfillment to our emptiness. Who is this Jesus? He guards the young. He finds the lost. He guides the faithful. He rights the wrongs. He avenges the abused. He defends the weak. He comforts the oppressed. He welcomes the prodigal. He heals the sick. He cleanses the dirty. He beautifies the meek. He restores the failure. He mends the broken. He blesses the poor. He fills the empty. He clothes the naked. He satisfies the hungry. He elevates the humble. He forgives the sinner. And he raises the dead. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He is indestructible. He is indescribable. He is incomprehensible. He is inescapable. He is invincible. He is irresistible. He is irrefutable. Who is this Jesus? He's a lion. He's a lamb. He's a God. He's man. He's a seven-way king. He's the king of the Jews, the king of Israel, the king of righteousness. He's the king of ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Who is this Jesus? He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally gracious. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomena that ever crossed the horizon of the globe. He is God's son and he is my savior. Who is this Jesus? He's the captive's ransom. He's the breath of life. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled, he's unprecedented. His undisputed, he's undefiled. He's unsurpassed, he's unremarkable. He is a lofty idea of philosophy. He is the highest personality in psychology. He's a supreme subject in literature. He's the fundamental doctrine of all theology. He's the cornerstone, the capstone, and the stumbling stone of all religion. And he is my savior. 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 Lord, I thank you for your word. Do what you always do. If you're here this afternoon and you're going through the time in your life in which your where is beginning to define your who, you're going through a time in your life in which you say, Lord, unless you show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you're going through that time in your life in which you're wondering, what happens next? I got good news for you. Where I am is not who I am. Because who I am is greater than where I am. If you're going through that kind of challenging time in your life this afternoon, right where you're at, will you just lift up your hand so I can pray with you? It could be in your physical body, it could be your finances, it could be your marriage, it could be your emotions. Could be a job, could be a business, really doesn't matter. 
Then lift up your hand just for a moment. Let me see you. Let me see you. Let me see you. Let me see you. You can put your hands down. So Lord, I pray for my sisters and brothers in this room. That we will never allow our where to define our who. Lord, I pray for supernatural strength for my sisters and brothers. That supernatural strength which says, I got this. I got you. It's all good. Stay cool. I'm in charge. I'll make it happen. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And my name is Jesus. While every head is bowed, every eyes closed, nobody's still looking around. The greatest thing that the name of Jesus does is redeem us from our sins, set us free, forgive us of all the things that have happened in our life, give us a new lease on life, just old things go away and life becomes new. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. If you're here this afternoon in this room or online, and you don't know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, in a moment I'm going to count to three, just lift up your hand right where you're at, I'll pray with you. Maybe at one time you served the Lord with gladness, but the, the where happened. And it redefined your who. And you're not serving him like you know you need to. And you just want to come back home and rededicate your life. When I count to three, just lift up your hand. I'll be happy to pray with you. In this room and online. You want to give your life to the Lord? You want to rededicate your life? On the count of three. One, two, three. Can I see your hands? Wow. 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 You can put your hands down. So Lord, thank you for what you've done through the ages. You've taken people just like us. Messed up. Broken. Questioning. With doubts. Confused. Not knowing which way to turn. Our where. Begins to define our who. But this afternoon. In Salem Fields Community Church. In Fredericksburg. And the hundreds watching online. I'm praying that you will do what your name always does. Set people free. Give a new lease on life. Because you are the king. You are the Lord. And your name is Jesus. So Lord, we just want to lift up your name. And magnify your name. And we want to give you praise in this place. And we want to say, Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. You're a good God. You're a good God. Come on, come on, come on. Give it to Jesus. Just worship the Lord just for a moment, just for 30 seconds. Just for 30 seconds. And you may be seated. Before I take my leave from here, I want to show you a, a slide in case you are interested in uh, receiving a, a free book. If you get your phones out there, uh, go to the text page. And the text page, if you'll just, in the number area, do 444-999. And in the space message area, just write my name, Chand, and hit send. It'll give you directions how to get that free book. Change your culture. Change everything. I had brought some books to sell. 
And it breaks my heart to tell you they're sold out. I think there was one left, one lonely book left at the table. It might still be there. Who knows? It might have been picked up by now uh, without paying. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, be, be sure to take advantage of this. And I want to make sure that we get the message I preached right now. So we're going to do it two times. Where I am is not who I am because who I am is greater than where I am. You ready? First one will be rehearsal, then it will be for real. You got, you got that? Come on, warm up, warm up, warm up. Yeah. You know, you got to warm up for this stuff here. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Where I am is not because it's greater than. All right, that was rehearsal. Let's do it for real now. Some attitude, okay? One, two, three. Where I am is not because where I am. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jody. Well, that was good. It's been a good weekend. It's going, uh, you know, as good as this has been, it's been really good. It's going to get better. It's going to get better because God is here. He wants to do something in our lives. And I promise you, if you'll take time to put God first this week, and put aside all the things that you think are more important than this, and I understand that. If you'll put aside all those things that you think are more important than being here this week, I believe God's going to do something greater in your life than he's already done this morning, if you'll give him first place. And that's what this is all about, is that God's people will determine at the beginning of January 2018 that we're going to put God's first, and whatever comes our way, we know God's got it. And so I hope and pray that you'll be here and invite friends to come. Uh, if you have people that you know should have been here and have not been here, if you'll give them a call, that would be awesome because I believe God wants to do something at Salem Fields Community Church like he's never done before, and he's going to do it through you and I, okay? You'll do that? Amen? Okay, God, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take an offering, and we don't do this very often, and you know that. We take two offerings. We don't normally do that when we have first week and when we have our revival in October, and that, this offering is to help us pay for all that's going to happen this week, all of our speakers, travel, food, all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you would like to give in that to help, that would be great. You say, well, I already gave in the offering, and that's great, and that will help pay all the things that go on normally around here. This is a little bit different. And so if you can help us with that sometime this week, the guys are going to have the buckets come. And I just want you to know if you accepted Christ today that you can go right out to that table. It says uh, accepted Christ, stop there. And Pastor Mark or one of the other pastors would love to talk to you a minute about what God has done in your life today. Can we stand and worship together and give unto the Lord as you feel led? There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Jesus, there is power in 
chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh, salvation, sacrifice, so freely given. wonderful. We have been in the presence of the Lord, and there is power in his name. I love that. Dr. Sam Chan, thank you so much for allowing God to use you. Don't you love this guy? But more so, his love for Jesus is really what the attraction is. Thank you for giving your heart and your life to God, 
and uh, following him. And so talk to him as you go out. He's going back to Atlanta today. And remember to invite your friends to be here tomorrow evening. 6.15 is dinner. And uh, thanks so much for being here. The spirit is so beautiful, and we're going to get more of this tomorrow evening. Love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Tomorrow night. There is power.